Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a bonus episode of Double Barrel Gaming Presents. I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL, and this is my fifth live stream this week, and it's not even E3 yet. Uh, today, I decided to do this bonus stream for a couple of reasons. One, of course, Mrs. Boomstick is not here today. Uh, she has volunteered to go in and help with the uh, the administration of of uh, getting the seniors for from her center vaccinated for COVID nineteen, uh, she's going to be there all day. And I figured, you know what? I have some extra time. Uh, one of the biggest issues that I don't see gaming media covering is how the digital marketplace uh, that seemed to have everybody wanting to throw their hat in is failing at an alarming rate. And the only one that seems to be standing tall and have things figured out is Microsoft with xCloud, with Xbox Game Pass, and of course, the ability to have two new consoles that launched in 2020. Uh, and we're going to break down exactly what it means that uh, Stadia is DOA. Uh, that Luna just lost their CEO and what that means. Basically, I think that the service is on life support at this point. Uh, Apple Arcade, which really isn't challenging the home market, uh, but I still think it is not as relevant as Apple might or may have wanted. I know my brother, Neo Mental, is a fan of it. And he's going to have a lot to say about that. Um, but the question I'm going to pose to the chat, and of course, this incredible panel is, has Microsoft already won the digital service war? And the answer is, I think that they did. But let's get into the introductions first, and then we will get right into the topics. Uh, just so you know, the show is only going to run about an hour and 15 minutes from top to bottom because it is just the one topic. And uh, hopefully we get a lot of people to tune in and actually enjoy this conversation. We'll start with uh, the, someone that I'm podcasting with for the first time. Reached out to me the same way I reached out to Mooch many, many moons ago. And that is CMBR. Uh, Ray, welcome to the program, brother. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks so much for having me, Boom. Um, it's it's really great to be uh, part of the discussion today. I'm really looking forward to the topics and really looking forward to talking with the panel. Um, so thank you guys for having me part of the show. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, and again, uh, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with who CMBR is, he is now writing uh, and has written an article for uh, Zemi Games, the Constant Gamer website, Constant Gamer, theconstantgamer.com. Uh, if you are looking for... Um, quality uh publications uh if you're looking for honesty if you're looking for uh the way that uh articles used to be written back in the days where yes the uh the journalist or the writer does pose their opinion but also brings fact into the conversation i think you definitely need to check out uh the constant gamer.com where ray, ray read an incredible article and we'll talk about that on the outros back end next up you know this man he is my brother that's right my real brother neo mental welcome to the program bro how you feeling i'm good brother i'm good thank you for having me i'm your favorite non-podcaster enjoying <clears throat> a nice lovely saturday in the rain happy it's not snowing and uh, looking forward to having some chat with some good people. Well, it's great to have you a part of the show. Obviously, you're going to bring your knowledge of gaming. You've been gaming as long as I have. You're certainly not as old as I am. Close, but not that old. Uh, but, uh, you old bastard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to hear your take, especially when we get into 
the um, the Apple Arcade aspect. I know I know that you you support it. You like what they're doing over there, but I don't think it's ever going to be uh, an Xbox Game Pass. Um, but we'll, we'll again we'll break that down next up. Now you know this gentleman as the voice of the Xbox Ultimate Podcast, uh, Mav, also known as Fun Speculation, Mav. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, how has the channel been? Is it growing to your expectations? Uh, much beyond, you know, I, so when I started the channel, I just kind of wanted to have a platform to kind of say what I want to say about games. And I didn't really understand what all was in this community, you know, so this community has astounded me and surprised me and welcomed uh, me with open arms. And I've loved becoming a part of it. So, uh, the growth is crazy. Uh, we just, I think hit four sixteen. Uh, yesterday, so, subs. I started the channel uh, less than six months ago, I think. So, it's. Uh, I think it's going well. Uh, I just hope that people like the content. But yeah, thanks for having me here today, Boom. Uh, it's awesome. Anytime I get uh, check my DMs and I see a message from you, because it's an honor. Uh, I love the discussion we're about to have. And hey, I get to uh, chat with your actual blood here, uh, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Neo Mental. How, how's it going, man? Uh, so yeah, and BJ's here as well, and we got a uh, CMBR Ray as well uh, coming on here. So uh, it's going to be a good time. Well, it's great. It's great to have you a part of the show. Uh, love what you're doing at the channel. Uh, one of the cool aspects of of that particular uh, show, Xbox Ultimate Podcast is that he podcasts with his wife, Caitlin, which is awesome. Uh, you have an incredible crew over there. Not only do you podcast with your wife, but you have 3-Bit, which is on the um, Xbox Factor podcast every Thursday. Yep. And uh, who else is a part of the show? Uh, Pong Soul. Pong Soul, yeah. And how can I forget Pong? He was on just yesterday. Yeah, Pong yep. Soul, good dude. Uh, you have a quality crew there. And I know that the Ashen Lupa, uh, is a part of it, and I know that she's been under the weather. Hopefully, you heard from her, and she's uh, she'll be back in the saddle soon enough. Yeah, we we hope Lupa is doing well. Uh, if you are managed to hear this, Lupa, we we hope you're doing okay. Um, and whenever you're ready to get back, we're we're here waiting for you. Yeah, and I definitely got to get her on the show. Uh, love what she does with this community. She's very active, and that's yeah. awesome. And uh, love her. Uh, her, um, you know, what she brings to the table. I think everybody on the podcast is good. And folks, listen, if there's one question that many Xbox gamers ask, besides when are we getting some awesome first-party games, is where can we tune in to a quality Xbox podcast that doesn't use hate as its basis? And, uh, 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 and, and Mav's uh, podcast with the crew that he has over there is certainly, uh, not only is it Boomstick approved, but it's certainly something that you should check out if you are an Xbox fan looking for some quality banter uh, within the Xbox community. Next up, and certainly last and in no way least, this gentleman over here, his vocabulary is nothing short of uh, incredible. And he has an opinion that normally he apologizes for, which I hate that he does, because quite frankly, he's interesting, especially with his incredible European accent. Please welcome. VJ, how you doing, brother? How you feeling? Very good morning to you, Boom. Um, nice to meet you, Ray, Neo Mental. I haven't had the pleasure before. And uh, Mav, it's uh, really good to see that uh, your channel's blowing up, as they say. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to the show, Boom. And again, thanks for inviting me on. 
Well, it's it's great to have you here. So listen, let, let, let's get let's let's get right into the weeds. Uh, the first topic, and the actually the only topic of today, is with the digital era here and everyone jockeying for position. It has become very evident that Google Stadia is DOA. Amazon Luna just lost its CEO, and Apple Arcade obviously is looking to remain relevant, but not in the home space. More so the mobile space. Now, obviously, Microsoft has positioned themselves, uh, at least in my personal opinion, to, if they want to, already declare themselves the winner of the digital service war. And I say that with confidence because we know that they're probably based on earlier reports, well past 20 million subscribers. Um, Obviously, what's interesting, and I think the real exclamation point uh, of the conversation is they did that with no monster AAA bombs, meaning that they did that without a new Forza. They did that without a new Halo or a Fable or a Perfect Dark or an Avowed and and whatever else we're going to be getting from the 23 first-party studios that that houses 35 teams. And that's pretty impressive when you look about it because, you know, for, for the longest time as gamers, one of the biggest complaints or... If you want to look at the rebel rousing community, uh, Xbox has no games. And somehow or another, they amassed almost 20 million subscribers to a service that is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, But I kind of want to just bring us back to an article from February 5th of 2020. Now, this article, uh, Phil Spencer sat down with the technology publication called Protocol. And uh, I don't want to say he got a lot of slack, but he certainly uh, had a lot of eyes on what he had to say. So here is his quote. And I'm going to get the opinion of of the panel before we get either further into why these other services have failed. And Phil Spencer said this, when you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them, but we see Amazon and Google as our main competitors going forward. That's not to disrespect Nintendo or Sony, but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess they can try and recreate Azure, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud over the past decade. Uh, and I'm going to start with CMBR for this. Uh, you know, you, you you did some background research before the show went live. Uh, when you hear Phil Spencer said say this, he got a lot of slack. Uh, there were a lot of people saying that th- that was a, a a public attack on both Sony and Nintendo. When I don't think it was. I think he was being brutally honest. When, of course, you know, when you look at the three big the three bigs, meaning uh, Nintendo, Sony. And Microsoft, there's only one company that's ready for the next level when you talk about cloud gaming, and it's Microsoft. Uh, what, 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 first of all, what, do you th- what were your thoughts on Phil's commentary on this? Yeah, thanks, Boone. That's a great question. Um, and I agree with your assessment that it, it seems a little unfair to, to say that he's, he's taken a, a, a pass or a, a dig at Nintendo and uh, Sony there. The way I read that is exactly the way um, he said it. It, it. He's looking as the head of Xbox 10 years down the pipe. Like 
where does our business need to be in 10 years? And how do we get from where we're at to where we need to be? And Microsoft has made the investment um, decision and sort of the shift into a subscription revenue model for their video games business. Um, they really want that recurring revenue. It, recurring revenue through subscriptions is valued higher in the stock market. Um, so companies that are able to sell their software on a subscription service are valued uh, more favorably than companies that are doing point of sale uh, revenue. It, and when Phil is talking about that, he's looking into the future and he's saying, who could compete with us um, by distributing video games over the internet through a cloud infrastructure 10 years from now? And I mean, the obvious answers are Alphabet or Google and um, Amazon. You know, they have that infrastructure. They have those server farms in place worldwide to, to be able to deliver video games in that, in that manner. Um, so I, I think he was just being honest about where he saw the future of um, the competition for his company. Not necessarily that video games will only be this way and Nintendo and Sony are going to go out of business 10 years from now. No, he was talking about where does he want to compete and who are the competitors in that marketplace. Right. And I, and I think you're onto something. And again, when you, when you look at the overall uh, positioning that Microsoft has done for themselves. This just this, this isn't something that they just uh, like a like that. That's the reason why we're going to get into these other companies have failed and are probably going to continue to fail because Microsoft has been building this 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 uh, ideology for a decade. Uh, we and I would even dare say that we saw glimpses of the future way back in the Xbox 360 days. I would even dare say when they brought Xbox Live out on the OG Xbox. Uh, and they've been looking to do things that other companies uh, uh, that they just don't have the infrastructure, more so the investment in funds to do. Microsoft is a tech company. I'm not, and again, say, I'm not saying that micro, uh, that uh, Amazon isn't, that Google isn't, that Apple isn't. Of course they are, but they just... They just they weren't they weren't ready for it. Uh, let's get Neo uh, Mental's uh, positioning on this. Neo, listen, obviously, you know, you and I have been you know gaming for a hundred years, um, and we've seen games go from <clears throat> you know uh, lines and dots on the screen to what we're seeing on the, on the screen right now, which is lifelike uh, racing. Uh, but we've also seen these companies. Uh, some take uh, longer strides than others, and others expected to uh, just race right to the front of the line because they had a lot of money. What, what are your thoughts on Phil Spencer's actual uh, comparisons of these other companies when, when talking about Nintendo and Sony? I mean, I think he's right on a, he's, he's right on the money. I mean, you know, Nintendo and Sony don't have the infrastructure in place to really compete at the level that Microsoft's going to be able to. I mean... Even with Apple, Apple's running, you know, part of their servers are on um, AWS and part of their servers, I believe, are using Google. So at the end of the day, even with everything that Apple's doing, they don't have their own server uh, server farms and technology. So you only really have the big three. And at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be running on. You know, if, if Sony does anything, they're going to be running one of the big three. You know, and I think that's why those two jumped in the into the fight because they thought, well, you know, we have this space, you know, let's throw some money at it and see what happens. You know, they can both lose <laughs> billions of dollars on a venture that doesn't work and still walk away, you know, like nothing happened. 
So um, I think Phil Spencer has done so much with uh, the vision for, for, for Xbox. But more than that, it's really a collective vision on what Microsoft is doing. When you look at Microsoft as a whole, it's a way better company than Sony is. You know, PlayStation may have the numbers for their for their games and stuff, but Microsoft as a whole, their vision, like 10 years from now, can you imagine them, you buy a game in the Xbox store, you play it on your Xbox system, but then if you want to play it on your PC, you're playing the same game. You know, I think that that's their vision. You know, that with T-Mobile, your system, or the actual, you know, um, PC, they're, they're thinking globally about where it's going to be in 10, 15 years. You know, the guy's got a plan. He's great. Yeah, and I and I agree. Um, you know, and I, I, I again, we were talking about that uh, CMBR and I uh, earlier about how Phil Spencer, besides being a tactician, besides being the head of Xbox, and behind, but besides being the right hand of Satya Nadala, he's a gamer, and I think he gets it. I think that's yeah. one of the things that uh, he doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, I think people don't understand that he. And I think that's why he understands community the way he does, because, yes, he does have to make these decisions to uh, to to cancel a game or not do a, you know, a marketing deal because of the business aspect of of uh, of, you know, of, of Microsoft. But at his core, when he's going to make a decision, I think there's some of him or at least a good portion of him that looks at it from a gamer's point of view and i think that is the big difference here fun speculation let's get your opinion on what phil had to say during that article that he got a lot of slack and even the media who i mean listen i'm not a media person i'm just a freaking guy with a microphone big deal i understood what he was talking about i don't think it was insulting at all i think that when you look at sony um uh doing a deal for the azure server use for microsoft tells you something they have their ducks in a row. What are your thoughts on this? It's all about, you remember that 2013 tagline? The power yeah. of the cloud. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I sure do. It, it's all in the power of the cloud, baby. You know, it's, it, it, people laughed, right? P- people laughed when they showed Crackdown and talked about all that stuff. And, you know, and, and so, somewhat rightfully so. Not a lot of that stuff had, had come to fruition in that last generation. Uh, however, what you're seeing is the the, cl- the cloud in general and just business, um, and it's more than just with games. It's with with everything. It's just taking over, right? Where, where you have the uh, the streaming services, all the subscription services. Uh, you have um, now you have ga- companies like Take Two uh, Interactive talking about uh, using. Uh, cloud infrastructure for um, AI in their games and making th- different things happen. Um, and guess who's behind a lot of this? Guess who the company is that had been touting that for so long, <laughs> pushing that narrative? Microsoft. Yeah, you go. And so when they back then, when they when that did that article, and they're and they're talking about okay, who is the competition or whatever and in business you can't think about today or yesterday if you want to drive your business forward you have to think about what's coming next what's the newest especially in tech right you have to think about what's the newest technology what's what's going to be available in two or three years from now back same thing back when microsoft uh put ethernet 
in the freaking Xbox. And people were like, what are they doing? You know, they, they plan for the future. <laughs> they plan yeah. for the future. Now, when they were talking about Google and Amazon, they were planning for the future. After that, it was after he said that, that Google Stadia became a thing and Amazon Luna became a thing. And guess what? They were prepared. They were ready. They had gotten ahead of the game. They had already developed this, got it out to where even Sony is using their servers. And guess what? Amazon and Google didn't have the gaming background, the, the passion behind it, or the head start that Microsoft had to really compete in that, that sector. Now, Google and Amazon, yes, still have the the, the uh, servers and the and the and and all of that, and that's going to be a big part of those companies. But as far as gaming goes, like Microsoft's kind of right now that they've cornered the market there, uh, yeah. and I don't know where it's going to head. But because they had planned for their actual competitors, and you can't say uh, how how much is Microsoft worth, you know. Uh, if you can, if you compare the worth of Sony compared to worth of Microsoft, it's not a competitor. No, it's not a, it's not a true competitor. Even right? Nintendo with their with their money chest, and we know when it, even, I mean, listen, the, even they, Nintendo, they, they, yeah, even Nintendo can't compete. And Nintendo's in the dark ages with online. <laughs> yes, I, they are. <laughs> I, they, I mean, it's a. I, I, you have to, to make somebody your friend. You got to give your social security number. You got to like say your mother's maiden name. You know, you you have to go uh, give them your blood type and then send the information on to your friends and then they send it back. Like, hey, Nintendo needs to figure something out to get with the new age of technology with their online infrastructure. So to think they could even potentially compete with the future of of what Microsoft was talking about which is not just video games, it's business, right? They're talking about competition and business. And Nintendo's way behind in the online, on the online stuff. So Microsoft was dead on and who their competitors were and they were prepared and um, we've seen it now uh, come to fruition a little bit. So it, it's not over, you know, it's not over by any means, but uh, you know, it, it, it looks like it <laughs> for sure. Well, look, I mean, uh, real quick, Sam Alton in the chat. First of all, Sam, welcome <laughs> to the program, brother. Uh, he says this, uh, net worth doesn't mean anything. Uh, Sony and Nintendo, um, let's see, where is it? Where, where is it? Here it says, Sony and Nintendo are competitors because they have a, a more cachet with gamers, uh, though they're actual products, not how much the money they're worth. I mean, listen, Sam, I mean, obviously, thanks for being here, brother, and thanks for throwing a, uh, you know, a, you know, a comment in the chat. I definitely appreciate it. I would beg to differ. Uh, I, I would say that, uh, you, you know, we're not talking about market space uh, popularity. We're actually talking about, you know, this the cloud infrastructure, which is poor for Nintendo. It's, it, it's dark ages, uh, like uh, like Mav just said. Uh, no doubt about that. But go, but But Sony, I mean, listen, Sony just made one of the biggest changes that set the internet on fire. You had people jumping off buildings, you know, virtually because they were so upset about PC game, PC gamers now getting uh, first part, first party exclusives. And and why is that? You think? Jim Ryan told you why? Because the PlayStation community is not enough to keep making these AAA bombs. So. 
they're going to have to change. Now, are they going to pivot to the point of a Microsoft and give you an Xbox Game Pass ultimate kind of a deal for $15 a month? No, you're not going to do that. Uh, their, their big change was we'll put a game in there, uh, a new game like Destruction All-Stars, right, for a month, and then we're going to pull it. But if you want to still play it, it's 20 bucks. Which is, I think, that's gonna that's gonna be the the effect of what Sony is going to do. They still have to sell six seventy dollar games to you. That's what they're going to do. Uh, but thanks, dude, Sam. Appreciate the comment, dude. Thank you so much for that, VJ. I, I want to get your opinion on. It. I saved you for last because you know you always say the best for last, and that's what I like to consider you when you bring it when you when you, when you bring your incredible knowledge to the show. And, and, and I, I definitely appreciate that. Look, um, we're not saying, and I'm not certainly not going to come on this program and say that uh, that these other companies can't get another shot at it. But I think that you know they've spent millions upon millions of dollars and failed. Uh, again, Apple Arcade—they're doing their own thing, kind of like Nintendo, kind of walking to their own drum. And we know where their money comes in from. But Amazon and Google were the two big ones, and it looks as if they're dead on arrival. What What are your thoughts on? We'll get to that point, but what, what, when talking about Phil Spencer, mm-hmm. I think he did something in this article that probably took a lot of balls. He went out there and he spoke the truth, and I think that a lot of people took it like he was taking digs. Was he taking digs, or was he just saying, hey, listen, we're not worried about Nintendo and Sony right now. We're doing our own thing. Um, since I've been on this on social media boom and um, on your show since since last July, I think I think from what I've seen, given the general reaction, I think that I would like to see Phil in the future keep his thoughts and his counsel close to his chest rather than speak about other companies publicly, especially if his sentiment uh, is at risk of being misconstrued. And you know the media better than I do, boom. And they love to misconstrue or misrepresent or add information or knowledge or comments that never existed in the first place, right? And, and you're pretty familiar with that. And the other thing I would say, especially in business, it's never smart to stir, stir and alert the competition. I'm not saying that's Phil's intention, but you can understand how people will take it, right? They're very reactionary these days. Uh, people are very trigger happy with their thoughts in general. So, I mean, regarding sort of Xbox's sort of unchallenged head start, as, as I've previously mentioned before, is, and I've just been hearing the other panel members and, and some comments in, in, in the chat, um, and, I, and I've said this on the show previously, the ones that lead or pioneer the way forward more often than not provide significant guidance and insight for those that follow. And, uh, and I would ask, you know, Netflix for their thoughts with over a decade's head start on the nearest would-be competitor, yeah. and they're already catching up to them. Why? Um, I guess, as far as I can tell, delivery methods are not a hidden technological secret, as far as I can tell from a layman's point of view, because I'm the last person to talk about technology. But what is important, fundamental, if not king, it's IP and engaging content, and, um, and Microsoft are making strides in that. But I'm not going to cannibalize the next topic, but I think I'd like to sort of preface it with some other comments, if I may, Boom. Um, By all means, go ahead. Uh, so, so Mav mentioned uh, something that just stirred me, was um, what's coming next and, and, and about competitors. And, and then I suddenly just uh, put myself in sort of Phil's mind and um, looking at the situation prior to, to the events that have actually occurred. And if 
if either sort of Luna or Stadia, uh, from, for him, for Phil, from Phil's perspective, given what it's taken to get Game Pass where it is, um, you know, if they had had a 10 to 15 year project, I, I could understand and respect the logic from a business vision and planning perspective. It's definitely not something for the lighthearted or, or whimsical. And given sort of Google's and Amazon's sort of visible game plan to sort of time to sort of reach the top overnight with, from my perspective, with no real thought or understanding or perhaps truthful acknowledgement of what it actually takes. And, and this is, this is not something, you know, I'm labeling a big company. It, it, it's, it's, to any kind of business at any point in its inception or even an established business. And these mistakes happen more often than you realize, it happens on a daily basis throughout companies, all to different degrees. What for my, so if I'm Phil, I'm thinking, right, okay, you know, what company really has the appetite or, or, or stamina and wants to invest over 10 uh, or more years for potential long-term results? And if you look at the gaming industry at any level or, or, or any point of entry, it's a risky, cash-intensive, time-consuming investment with no guarantee of a return on investment. It's a hit or miss business. And uh, I mean, I don't mean to sort of teach everybody to suck eggs but we all know this but i thought this is important to sort of point out in terms of the the next topic and and i and i would go back to point to uh, i think it was days gone dreams and death stranding three excellent first party games that were investment heavy but with but very poor performers and more telling is that that was over a 10 month release period and I, and i'm pointing to sort of Sony, you know, Sony's bullets, for example, not penetrating on occasion, but Amazon or Google have no bullets whatsoever. Yeah. And, 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 and with history and with current evidence on hand, it begs the question, were Amazon and Google ever properly briefed by their management or their leaders of this particular division and prepared for this industry? Both seem to me like a boat just sort of drifting off of uh, a pier, you know, bereft of an engine or a rudder or even an oar. So especially in an industry where currently hardware sales, I think, uh, boom, and you've heard me say this many times, are still of very much paramount importance especially when software sales, licensing fees, and, and we talked about this last, not, not last week, the week before, peripherals, uh, the $2.2 billion industry just in the US and US alone are where the true profits lie. Just just go back and look at Sony's, you know, pretty clear-cut and transparent, transparent financial results, right? I think it's the best in their history, right, for a, for a quarter or for an, for, an annual, for an annual period. I can't remember exactly watch. So historically... For me, it seems only platform holders, which Microsoft is one, uh, sorry, Xbox division is one, uh, with the right vision and creative mind, seem to make consistent profits and can stay the course. Many publishers and developers, and I think, like you're saying, these these uh, subscription-based services now, let's include those as well, I think of all shapes and sizes have arrived and disappeared and will do so in previous decades and for decades to come. If you look at Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, uh, it's taken them decades. In Xbox's case, you know, and Phil said, tens of billions, right, to sort of achieve a respectable, stable of decent studios, IPs, and more importantly, a vision holder in Phil uh, that they have now. And then you've got the appropriate management to steer the relative divisions uh, of companies to success. I'm saying all of this so you can understand the magnitude of what these guys are trying to do. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's, it's nothing short of a monster undertaking, dude. Yeah. It, yeah. 
and um, so I'm really done for him. So you can kick me off. Um, no, 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 no. We're not kicking you anyway, brother. Listen, first of all, I, we we definitely appreciate the knowledge, man. And and, sure. and, and I say that all the time because I, I, you know, you, you, we love having you on the show. So sure. I, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. First of all, we got 200 people here, which is great. I didn't expect to have even 100 because this is a, this is a small show. Uh, I didn't expect that a lot of people were going to be interested. But first of all, let me catch up with some of the super chats. And by the way, my brother Neo Mental asked me in the chat if I was on drugs when i was that sprint car is the worst controlling uh pong soul in the chat could back me up with that <laughs> dude I, I'm, I'm with you too boom yeah, I, I mean listen it, you'll see the rest of the footage which i have a lot of dirt first of all listen i have to say this again dirt 5 is in G xbox game pass my god i cannot stop playing this game and i'm so mad that i didn't record footage last night selfishly like a selfish hermit. I played for like two hours again, and I didn't record one lick, and it was the best-looking stuff. It was during a blizzard. It was during a rainstorm, one of which I, I it, was, it was so dark, I kept crashing. So I wasn't drunk. It just was really hard to see. But let me catch mm -hmm. up. Likely story, good sir. Likely story. <laughs> I don't drink, damn it. Let me, let me, let me catch up on some of the Super Chat. First of all, the first one of the day comes to us from a very generous and nice friend of the show, why nine power drops an outstanding ten dollars of jet and says people forgot or people forget microsoft said their biggest competitor was stadia amazon and apple and people laughed if microsoft has won the digital war guess who their next target is and it's obviously probably you know i mean listen they're gonna be they're gonna be challenging for market share uh, uh, with with Sony and Nintendo, we, we know that Sony is going to always be uh, is going to be Sony, right? They're going to have their first party bangers, and we know that they're they're going to have a very loyal fan base. They do Nintendo. Listen, I'm a part of the problem. I'm the first one to tell you, I just went out and bought a brand new game that I already own that I can't play on my new system because it's a it's an old game, and they sold it to me again. And what did I do? I ran to the store like an idiot. I bought it and I smiled, right? So. It's, it's Microsoft is doing some things that it, that for me as a fan of gaming, uh, just make it, it, they they really have put the customer first, and I love that they're doing that. Uh, the next next super chat is a very generous two dollars super chat comes in from J C Claremore, drops an out, outstanding two dollars super chat and says off topic Final Fantasy remake in uh, Xbox I'm Xbox PlayStation Plus. Yeah, that's a that's a big get, folks. If you didn't. Um, buy um, the Final Fantasy VII. Uh, you can get it for free uh, if you're a PlayStation Plus a subscriber. That is pretty dope. That's a big game, folks. That's a big game. And what that tells me is that the Xbox version is going to be mentioned sooner than later. Uh, I think much sooner than later. And I have a feeling that Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to show up in Xbox Game Pass. They have a good relationship with Square. Uh, and I believe that that game... Uh, didn't sell as well as Square wanted. Uh, I love it. I haven't beaten it, and I'm glad I waited because now I can play the PlayStation 5 version, which you can upgrade for free if you own it, which is pretty good. Um, but uh, Bernard Miller, generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding $5 super chat and says, who is playing Dirt 5 in the background? SMH. Super fun game, by the way. All hail Game Pass, indeed, definitely. That, yeah, I was playing it, and that was the uh, the sprint car, which is is just awful. I cannot drive that. I mean, I cannot drive that car. Uh, DT Taylor 
drops a very generous five dollars, which says the Professor of Gaming podcast. Well, thank you so much, dude. Definitely appreciate that. Um, but uh, you know what? I, I want to get into a particular point that's important to the conversation. Um, and that is, I mean, listen, earlier uh, this month, Stadia declared that they were no, they were, they were closing down the gaming division, right? Uh, Jade Raymond, who I hope, uh, who's an incredible talent. She's a, a, a tr- tremendous uh, industry visionary. I hope that she f- somehow finds her way to Microsoft and they allow her to just do what she does and give her a studio and let her go crazy because I think she has a lot left in the tank and I think she would be a great addition to XGS. But on the heels of that, we got a topic that dropped this week uh, that's super important and super relevant. Uh, and that is only uh, that is after only five months, uh, the, uh, the Amazon Luna vice president, Mark Witten, leaves the cloud streaming platform for a new position at Unity. Uh, and uh, wow, after five months, that is not a sign of confidence. Now, for reference, Amazon Luna is obviously a new cloud gaming service that allows players to stream games to their computer's phone, Amazon Fire Stick device. Uh, it's currently only available through early access, which they keep bothering me. Uh, it's for six bucks a month, which isn't like it's not clobbering you, right? It's not, it's not a big cost. But I think the problem with this is when you look at the games that they have in there. Sonic Mania, Resident Evil 7, Control, and only about 50 others. First of all, their games are old, and uh, they don't have exclusives. I don't know if they're ever going to have their own set of exclusives. Uh, But, you know, being that this is, uh, you know, Mark Witten left after only five months, I'm going to go back around to the the panel, um, and I'll start with uh, CMBR. Uh, This is... This is why one of the reasons I decided to do this topic, because Stadia basically threw up the white flag. And seeing this big position, unfilled still, by the way, tells me that there's something not going on correct at Amazon. And then they might have just jumped into the deep end of the pool, not knowing how to swim. What does this say for uh, Luna moving forward that the CEO of the the vice president stepped down? Uh, Boom. Um I would say that it, it it's not a positive note. Um, it, I, I'm not 100% sure it, it's uh, the death knell of the service. What sticks in my mind when I think about Amazon and, and how they compete is, is I think they're a little bit more willing to accept upfront losses than uh, Google. Because I, I remember when the Amazon Echo first launched and it did the first gen, you know, it, it took a long time for that to really catch on um, and become sort of the de facto in-home smart device. So I, I think Amazon has a tendency to, to think a little bit in longer term timeframes. Um, that said, I have tried to find publicly disco- disclosed information from Amazon um, through financial reports about their plans for Luna. And, and I just haven't. Um, they don't talk about it in their quarterly filings. They don't talk about it in their annual report. Um, so it, it they're able to fly under the radar a little bit. Um, it's grouped into their their business line with um, Amazon Echo and stuff, which is performing well. So no, no real insight into how that platform is doing. But when we think about Stadia, um, that that is lined up with Google's other bets ventures, um, which represent less than half a percent of the company's revenues, um, but account for over 11% 
uh, reduction in profit for the company last year. And I decided, okay, well, let's go back. These numbers aren't 100% attributable because they don't have to talk about it in great detail. But after the launch of Stadia, their loss from that segment increased 1.1 billion. So from 2018, you had 2019's ramp up and launch, 2020, their losses are now 1.1 billion bigger in that segment, um, which, which to me is a little bit more foreboding when you think about the future of Stadia as an investment that Google is willing to accept. Um, it's also telling that this is a difficult industry to compete in, um, and, and it's hard to find the right talent and to incentivize them to stay for the long term, which um, when you look at Jim Ryan and you look at Phil Spencer, I think speak to their ability to navigate the difficulty of competing in this industry. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess I would wrap up with it's hard to say factually what's going to happen with Luna. If I had to speculate, I would I'd put um, my chips if I could only bet on Stadia or Luna being around five years from now. Um, I'd, I'd put it on Luna just because I know Amazon as a company has a history of, of accepting sort of those upfront losses to invest in a platform longer term. Well, I mean, one of the things they have going for them is Prime. The Prime membership is uh, they can easily convert that into Luna subscriptions, right? Like if, if you're part of Prime, you can get Luna for free, right? Uh, and you don't have to pay the five to $6 a month, which isn't a big ask. But at the same time, until they have their – and they, they have their own studio, right? They have their own uh, the studio. We don't know if – the. It, if, I'll put it to this way. If, if Luna came out and had um, their own Halo-esque, God of War-esque, or uh, you know, uh, Legend of Zelda-esque title that you when, you when you saw it and you, the minute you saw the title, the character, or the title of the screen, and, and you can equate that to Amazon Luna, until they can do that, I don't know if, how much they have left in the tank. Now, granted, you're right. They will take upfront losses way more than Google. Google has been known to abandon things very quickly, and this is a perfect example. Boom, to add on that point, I think is is great. And you mentioned this earlier in the chat. It was sort of like, how do you build these brands? It's, it's really through those exclusive experiences. If Amazon, a couple years down the line, were able to lock up, even if they buy out a third-party exclusive, and were able to say, you get the exclusive free with Prime, just buy a controller, bam, you get to stream our exclusives with your Prime membership. And then yeah. also try to layer on these additional channels like the EA Play or the Ubisoft. And... Um, you know, build on those subscription channels outside of those exclusives. I think that would be a great way for them to compete. They just haven't articulated that business strategy. But I think that's a great point. So. Yeah, no, uh, th and thank you for that. Uh, Neil Mental, let's get your opinion on this. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, people move from company to company, especially in this business. I mean, a perfect example of that is we saw Drew Murray leave the initiative, and now he's back at his original roots. Uh, you know, at Insomniac Games. So we see people leave. As a matter of fact, I saw a report this morning that two of the head people at Ben Studios uh, that uh, that brought us uh, Days Gone have left the uh, left the studio. Uh, uh, both the creative director and the head of the uh, head of that division. So that's not good for them. But their company is going to be fine. 
This, on the other hand, is, a, I think, a bit more telling. When you saw the story of the uh, vice president stepping down after only five months, what, what does that tell you? And if you were an Amazon Luna customer, would you be concerned? Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, you know, I, I, when you look at it from the standpoint of business, right, we love video games. It's like, you know, it's like you watching this, your, your favorite sports team. You're like, all right, go team, go all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the entire video game industry is run as by these corporations and everything is done in a boardroom. Right. So Bezos just stepped down. Right. So whoever's coming in may have a different vision, you know, and, where where he's at might not be where they want to be, you know. Um, without knowing a lot of the in particulars, I mean, I, I'm not really a fan of the streaming stuff. I think they're not getting it right. I mean, we've seen these streaming companies come and go. You know, you had Ouya and all this other stuff. I don't think these systems can be just straight streaming. I, I think you need something other than just that. You need to have you know, just regular games. I mean, I don't think a lot of the infrastructure for a lot of the consumers is at where it needs to be for it to be successful mainstream. Um, and I think that that's probably where their fight has been, is trying to is trying to bridge that gap. So, you know, I would be concerned because now that you have one vision gone, my concern is going to be what's the new vision? Because someone's going to come in and do something else. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, some people are here uh, talking in the chat. I saw a lot of uh, comments about t- uh, Tencent being the in the shadows. I, I didn't bring them into the conversation because people are starting to catch on. Um, and I don't think that, I mean, again, right now, this is not, the, the conversation is mostly uh, U.S. based, meaning that, you know, we're, we're talking about the, what's going on here. I don't think you, I, I think Tencent is going to, it's something that you have to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't think that they are relevant to this particular conversation because they're not doing a streaming service per se. They're investing in many, many avenues of uh, of um, of gaming, wh- whether that be buying co- companies outright or just you know investing in uh, into their uh, like they did with um, what did they recently give money to? It wasn't Bungie? Bungie's Epic. Epic, yeah, the Epic. I mean, yeah, that's an again, it's 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 it's. It's certainly something to keep your eye on for sure. Uh, we had a super chat come in from Regulator951, generous friend of the show. He drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says, This summer, PlayStation 5 games will go full throttle. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure what you mean there, brother, but uh, it, 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 hopefully that means that we'll actually be able to save, uh, you know, put memory cards into our PS5s. Uh, which uh, we might we might we might bring up at the end of the show. I'll, I'll see if we have enough time. But uh, hey, fun- boom. I just want to add something to that. Sure, I mean, sure. I think that Tencent is is actually a, a threat to be looked at because I think that they're taking it from the standpoint of you know let's get the 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 infrastructure because again that's the reason why I'm looking at Apple. Like Apple owns the infrastructure, so even if they don't make any games, they're getting the cutoff all the sales. You know what I'm saying? They're making money just to have the store, you know, and I think that that is where Tencent's looking at um, why they're buying what they're buying, because I think that there was a rumor a while back that they were looking to buy one of the telecoms. So, I mean, you know, I think that they're just laying their groundwork out 
and not being vocal about it. And I think that's the person. Yeah, they're being really very, very coy about their investment for sure. Yeah, that's the person you worry about. I mean, and again, people, this is not the first podcast to talk about Tencent and that we should be concerned for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, fun speculation. Mav, let's get your opinion on this. Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to get everyone's opinion on whether Microsoft has won and have, have they done enough to be considered the winner uh, t- towards the back end of the conversation. But, you know, obviously, uh, we're talking now Stadia declaring the white flag and now the vice president stepping down after only five months sends a real bitter message. And uh, uh, for me, it's a message of no confidence uh, for someone to step down from that position. You know, they're making some bank. At, at being the vice president of the new gaming uh, service that they're looking to push. And, and, and granted, yes, uh, they can turn subscri- uh, subscriptions from if they wanted to, you know, uh, in, you know, involve Prime, which, which you can do a lot with Prime, right? But I, I think that they want to see their, 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 the same success that Microsoft is having. I don't know if they're going to reach that. What, what, what are your thoughts on the vice president stepping down? Well, real quick, before I get into that, I, I want to uh, to comment on the PlayStation games going full throttle, if you don't mind. Yeah, but so I don't mean I, to go right I have ahead. a thought of what he means. I think he's talking about, you know, they're cranking up that fan speed, you know, so you can really hear the power. Yeah. You're really <laughs> going to be able to hear the power, uh, full throttle, running running overclocked. Uh, and then also, hey, the those games coming to PC, you're really going to see a lot of full throttle PlayStation games as well. Uh, so... All right, going back on to um, Mark Witten, right? So uh, Mark Mark Witten is a uh, like titan in the gaming industry. Like he's one of the guys that like kicked off Xbox Live, right? Uh, so he has a lot of influence in the gaming industry over the last twenty years or so, and. It is a loss uh, for him because he's probably the biggest influence on what Amazon Luna is. Um, as far as I bet most of it came from him and his teams deciding on the making all those decisions and coming up with the plan. Um, but you know he's he's got he's gone now. Uh, so I I don't know if it's necessarily as it, it could be with all the shakeup at Amazon. Um, he's just not feeling it. It could be that Unity came in. They're like, hey, uh, we need some more leadership right now with the direction that we're going. So they made an, him an offer he couldn't refuse. Um, so as far as I wouldn't raise any like I wouldn't be raising the white flag if I if I'm Amazon now. You have a lot of potential there with, with their cloud services, um, but what they're missing is is the stable of studios and games to get people really excited yeah. about what they're doing, right? And like you, you had alluded to, it's like uh, they just kind of dove in, Google and Amazon, right? And where Xbox... They had a foundation in gaming, and, and when they originally created the original Xbox, it was from guys within Microsoft that had a passion for it that was pleading to them to, hey, let us do this, right? They had to convince them to let us do this and get into the gaming industry, and it was developed out of a passion for gaming, right? Not 
not just hey we see uh streaming is going big we want to invest in uh streaming service for gaming uh how can we take advantage of this market that's exploding and that and that's kind of like uh, where Amazon and Google's mentality is going, it's like, how do we take advantage of this? How, how do we, uh, which you can say for every big company, right? But it, with, with Microsoft, there's been a foundation there um, that was founded by one, one of those people was Mark Witten, right? So that's very interesting. I actually didn't even know that. Yeah, so he, he was with Xbox. He, he helped kick off Xbox Live. He's one of the... Uh, shapers of Xbox Live. He he's he is very influential with Xbox, and now he, he's been in the gaming industry for a long time, moving moving around. You know, he's been with Amazon now for I think I think five years or whatever. Um, now moving on to Unity, so it it's just. It, you, I remember when was it Amazon that bought the Killer Instinct guys. Right, that made yeah, and that studio no longer exists. (laughs) So they've made like some investment. They have some games that some people are kind of excited about, but like, you know, if you compare it to what people think of as gaming, right? When you talk about other platform holders, you know, they're missing their own IPs. They're missing their own um, history of of things to fall back on. This excitement of new things to come, and instead, it's just a service. I and I don't know how successful. You can't be diving into the gaming industry when all you are is a service. Yeah, that's the truth. So we'll see what where they go from here. Um, maybe it's a sign of bad things. Maybe they're looking for a different direction, or maybe he saw a better opportunity somewhere. But they have a lot of things going for them with the Twitch integration, with how, how successful Amazon is with that. Um, and all that kind of stuff. So they have a lot of lot of chances uh, to get this right, and I think they're going to stick with it way more than Google would, uh, like you guys were saying. So um, good luck for him with with what he's doing in, in the in the future. And well, I just hope that uh, um, they make an investment in games and not necessarily going out and acquiring games game studios all over the place. Because if you like playing games on hardware. If you like playing games on console, if you like downloading games to your PC and all that kind of stuff, your best bet is on Microsoft making the acquisitions, not Amazon or Google. Right? Oh, one hundred percent. And actually, we're gonna again back into the conversation. We're gonna be talking about that on why I feel just based on the uh, what they've shown their shown us what they're doing. Uh, how how I think Microsoft basically already has one. But uh, VJ, why don't you why don't you close out this particular uh, small topic about Mark Witten leaving again, uh, a very permanent uh, uh, part of the uh, technology community. Uh, after five years, um, you know he's obviously he's he's been with he's been with Amazon for a while, but after five months only since Luna started, for him to step down, it, it says something considering his background. For you, is this uh, a, 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 I, I I don't want to say white flag, but is is this concerning? VJ, are you there, brother? I think I put VJ to sleep. No, 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 no. I was, um, I was <laughs> laughing in the background when you said small topic, boom, and I didn't want to be heard because you know me, right? No, no topic is small for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, go crazy. That's what we have um, here for. I think, um, I think, 
I believe that Unity, right, is the place where Mark Witten has left, right, to, to go to. Um, That's correct, yes. As in Unity Technology, Unity Technology, which includes the Unity engine. And um, I, I just did a quick check, and uh, and, and I was pretty certain um, it was John Riccatello in charge as the CEO. And uh, I actually had a really good friend uh, from uh, from Ubisoft and left a really good position there to go to work for Riccatello. Uh, my good friend, Dr. H. He, he's an exceptionally smart and intelligent uh, human being. Um, it, re it reminds me of the time when he was co-founder at Elevation Partners, and I believe his equity firm at the time, or he was a founder of it, put in about $300 million into Pandemic and Bioware, only to re rejoin EA, I believe, as a CEO, and purchase Pandemic and Bioware for $850 million. Nothing untoward, untoward, or a conflict, in, conflict of interest there. Then, so, <laughs> so if you if you look at if you look at if you take a closer look at Riccatello, he's uh, and he was his name was banded around a lot when I was in the industry. He, he's he is someone that's always planning something, and I can understand when he comes knocking for you. It's a different type of knock, often with a persuasive and uh, potential back-end payday attached somewhere down the line. Therefore, I can understand why Mr. Witten, uh, leaving Amazon's Luna, a Luna's division for Unity Technologies, and more so for someone who has a clearly defined plan, a vision, uh, placing the right people in the right positions uh, on the boards, on the chessboard, so to speak, keeping to a schedule and a reputation of consistency of execution, consistency, consistency in his execution to a very high degree. And again, then, then that should answer your question is, does or did Amazon for Luna, Google for Stadia, et cetera, have any of this in place, any sort of foundation to any significant degree? And I think the answer as it stands right now with current evidence on hand, is no. So again, I say, what conceivable chance does the student, the Stadia and Luna really have with a poorly conceived plan, as far as I can see, impoverished knowledge, a wobbly foundation, poor choice of recruited management with a propensity to jump ship, Mark Witten with a with a vision plus the ability to execute. And 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 I think that the business plan that they had put down was unachievable uh, given the targets and the growth plan. And uh, did anyone believe that they either were either of them were going to have some sort of Cinderella run uh, or you know an outcome. I, I I don't think so. So for me, um, and just just looking at Phil Harrison's comments, right? When I was thinking about this, is um, you know when he sort of <clears throat> uh, you know points to Zenimax as a key reason for causing a dent and, and stunting Stadia's growth, and now seemingly you know ominous demise as we're discussing on the show. You know, and, and I said to you this privately, but perhaps the Zenimax is, you know, seven and a half billion asking price, even though it looks huge, uh, and the subsequent sale of it, you know, for obviously for Zenimax benefit was driven up by perhaps at least two, perhaps three parties bidding for the company, and that's normal. But whatever the case may be, the truth of the matter is for me that the acquisition itself, along with the several iconic pop culture IPs in tow, has fundamentally circumvented and prevented Amazon and Google's short-term goals and long-term plans. If they had any worthwhile plans, for me, that were worth their weight in gold in the first place, which from my perspective, they did not because the philosophy is wrong. And the they entered the, you know, the sort of the industry with with eyes wide shut as far as I can as far as I can see. And, and I can expand on that, but I know that we're, you know, on a time limit here. But to Ray's point, uh, both may be around 
you know, for the for the for the interim period or for the next four or five years. But for me, they're going to be on life support for the foreseeable future. Yeah, no, I, I I absolutely agree. And of course, great point as always. Uh, J.C. Claremore drops an additional $2 super chat and says something very funny. KFC and Soldier Boy consoles, LOL, be very afraid. Yeah, indeed. I, I cannot wait to see what he brings to the table, Soldier Boy, with his uh, hat console. But listen, uh, we're, we're coming to the end of the show, folks. Uh, and obviously, I, 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 you know, I sold this as a 60-minute show. But I do want to get everyone's final opinion on... The real, the big question of the show, and 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 that is, has Microsoft already won? And look, do I say that with 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 a bullishness, and not because I'm an Xbox fanboy or you know I have Phil's phone number in my back pocket and we talk on a regular basis. I'd, I'd like to talk to Phil. Maybe one day that will happen. But you have to look at the core investment Microsoft has made over the course of a decade. And most recently, their investment in $7.5 billion for ZeniMax and Bethesda, right? If you look at just what they have done, and, 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 and as a fan of the brand, right, as someone that watches closely of the entire industry, but more so Microsoft, because it is where I lay my head at night, uh, we can hearken back to E3 2018, right? pre-show they had six studios folks and they were choking this is why they had so many second and third party deals exclusives going on because they could not keep up with making games for them for their own console their own brand and that was a problem and we know where the leadership failed there right the reason why they're succeeding is because of phil spencer there's just no doubt about that but post E3 2018, with the announcement of the five studios that they purchased and the creation of, of course, the quadruple A in the initiative, and then all of the uh, all the acquisitions they have made since, of course, now with a total of 23, tells me that their investment into the brand is at an all-time high. And with that said, this is why I think that they have won. Obviously, Xbox Game Pass has 20 million subs. Um on top of 20 million subs, they have Project X Cloud, which, if you didn't know, is doing incredibly well, almost embarrassingly well in areas and regions of the, of the world that they have failed notoriously, and that's Japan and Korea. And those particular regions are very mobile-based. And now that you don't have to have a console, like that's the, that's the thing that I love about Microsoft, and I th- that's why I get a little frustrated with Sony. Like, especially when it starts talking about exclusives. Like, Sony, when they lock down an exclusive, the only way you're playing it is on their box. Now, granted, that's going to change slightly with the new information that uh, was dropped during that GQ interview, which we're going to be talking about on Monday's Primetime Gaming. Uh, And we're also going to be bringing into the conversation the ridiculousness of the uh, memory not being able to uh, be advanced in any way until the end of the summer. I think that's preposterous. But we're going to, again, we're going to break all of that down on Monday's primetime gaming. Uh, but getting back to this, uh, Microsoft gives you an opportunity if you are a gamer to attack 
their brand from a multitude of ways. And being that you can buy a box if you want for 500 and have the most powerful console, you can even buy a $300 box that gives you all the bells and whistles except for a few things here and there. Or you can just subscribe to the service and play on your phone, play on your tablet, play on your pewter, and enjoy gaming from that perspective. Uh, whereas these other companies can and do not do. So yes, I think Microsoft has already won the war simply because Stadia has bowed out. Uh, Amazon, uh, Luna seems to have launched on life support and Apple Arcade is only catering to the mobile market. So we'll start with, um, oh, CMBR is, I stepped out for a second. For some reason he jumped out. So Neo Mental, let's go to you first on this. Has Microsoft won already? Well, I mean, I don't think it's really a, it's not really a race that you can win. I mean, you know, look at, looking at, say, a company like Sega, where, you know, their consoles were in the top two, and they got bounced out of that market, and, you know, now they're just relegated to the back of the field. Um, I, I think missteps can take you from at the start of the pack to the back. You know, it, it, it's a constant constant run to be on top of this technology and you know look at where the industry has been in the last 10 years like technology is changing you know in quarters not even years anymore like it's a different landscape so that landscape is going to continue to change i think microsoft has really positioned themselves to be a market leader and i think that that's you know really the vision that you need to have because you know you're talking about multiple platforms and multiple positions that you need to now worry about and at, yeah. any, at any moment somebody could come along and knock you out or knock you back you know so i, I think that microsoft is doing everything right you know I, I i applaud them you know um i think they're in a great position and just to just for for amazon i think that when you look at their movie studios and the content that they're making there they have the potential to make some really really great games i just think that they need to kind of get their you know their alignment together because you look at how when netflix came out when the initial market was they had nothing they literally created it from from nothing and now even though they have a lot of debt that they're carrying they're really a powerhouse in their own in their own right so um i wouldn't really knock amazon just out of the runner just yet i just think they need to get some uh, some good strong leadership in there and really get going. Yeah, and and, and again, they, they have the money for sure to with uh, withstand some losses. Uh, they're certainly not as big as Microsoft, but they're certainly uh, in in a position of the th uh, you know of the three that actually have these digital services to potentially uh, take it on the chin, so to speak. So, uh, yeah. uh, CMBR, are you back? Hi, boom. I think so. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we certainly can. So let, awesome. let, let, let's get to your, your let's get your final opinion on it. Uh, and the question that I posed uh, for the show is: Has Microsoft already won the digital service wars? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think um, I don't share quite your optimism yet. Um, I think though, Microsoft has put themselves in the best position to to win going forward. Um, they've put the right investments in place. Um, they have great leadership and um, sort of they've mobilized their business in a way that they can take advantage of shifting trends over time um, in a way that 
um, some of their competitors just haven't been able to do yet. And, um, you know, like we had talked about Sony, I just, I don't know that they have the ability to make some of those investments, but that said, I wouldn't count them out just yet. Um, I know that their PlayStation now subscription or plus subscription is up 30% since 2018. I mean, that's about a $3 billion a year business for them now. Um, and they're, they're still got a great brand following, um, and they're going to be able to compete. Uh, but I just don't think they're set up uh, the same way that Microsoft is. So I think that they have the best chance, but I don't know that they've won just yet. Okay. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And obviously, you know, we're not, I I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, Mike's gloves off. Microsoft doesn't have to, you know, continue to invest and, and put in the work, but certainly with all of the, the comings and goings of Stadia, of uh of luna and of course you know apple uh, i think cmbr you actually said last year they only mentioned it one time in their entire year of financial meetings which is uh it it, it, i don't want to say it's concerning but it certainly makes you think for sure uh and that's uh, that's not the lead topic on what they're doing wow okay anything else you'd like to add to that um uh cmbr no, I think that's that's definitely a fair point. Um, I mean, if you're reading tea leaves, I, I think you're you're right, and um, it, it's just I think still a little too early to call um, that it's that it's done. But I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against Microsoft. Uh, I think that they are for sure the safe bet to to have put in place a, a great business plan going forward. And um, when we talk about the next console generation, I, it it could be very interesting to see the positions that uh, you know Nintendo, Sony. Microsoft, Apple, Google, and um, Amazon find themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mav, give us your final opinion on this. Obviously, I think we've laid the groundwork for a solid conversation that out of everyone, Microsoft has positioned themselves to win. Now, have they won already? Well, I mean, that's obviously up for debate, and that's what we're here to do. Where, for you, does Microsoft position themselves above everyone else? Uh well, as funny as this sounds uh, to some people, games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they they haven't just made an investment in the cloud uh, and everything. They've also made an investment in games and development studios uh, and IPs. Um, they And it goes to show when you have good leadership for a long period of time, uh, th- good things start to happen and it keeps going. Now, I think as long as Xbox and Microsoft keeps on this same direction, on this same path, led with the same mindset, uh, then they are on the path to uh, not have a serious competition for a long time, right? But that can be squandered. Sure, we, and we've so, seen them do that. Yeah, exactly. So that's the only thing that's always in the back of my mind whenever you're talking about any large corporation like this, right? Uh, Phil may not be there forever. He may right. decide he's done, right? He may decide that, hey, I have time to spend more time with my family and retire. Who knows exactly what's going to happen? And then they could go all Don Matrick on us. You know what oh, I mean? Don't you never that. know. Yeah, I'm just saying. You never know. So good old Donnie D. So as good as things are, and as good as things are going, you just always have that thing that you know. Hopefully, it doesn't get squandered. I and I think it's going in the right direction. Oh, I know it's going in the right direction now. Uh, there and I think they're having so much success with this 
that they have learned something from it um, at the highest levels at Microsoft. And it, and I think that's what's going to keep them from uh, keep them at top in this market. You know, it, I think that as long as they keep that mentality, then yes. But it, they're their own worst enemy sometimes. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, now, seven years from now, when cloud gaming is on everybody's TV, everybody has it on streaming sticks, everybody has it on their phone, everybody has it everywhere. At that point, it might be easier for Amazon or Google to make a push, right? It might be easier at that time to introduce another alternative, right? And I think that's what VJ was kind of getting into earlier. Let Microsoft do all the work and then come in and just like take advantage of it. So I think later on, we could see a resurgence from some of these companies that are large enough to be serious competitors. So I wouldn't say it's over, but I... I think Microsoft has guaranteed a strong foothold as a uh, top tier and probably number one in in this mar- in this market share of cloud gaming for the foreseeable future. Well, so I mean, obviously, you know that that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I mean, obviously, whatever they're doing there, when you have your uh, you know com- uh, you know next competitor like Sony investing in your azure servers that that's saying something and uh, obviously they won that big contract with the uh, united states government for the military which is ridiculous and it seems like it's all green for microsoft but a great point as usual vj why don't you give us your closing thought on this based on all of the information that we have all put down and i think everyone really brought it today uh, has microsoft positioned themselves to be declared the winner BJ, are you there, brother? Sorry, boom. Yep, I'm here. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, everyone, I, I think um, everyone's sort of raised a few important uh, points um, over this last top, over the previous topics, and and on this topic. So, so to wrap up, I think everyone can point to the most simple yet telling fact that first party exclusives, uh, second party or even time content is important, if not mandatory, in order to sell hardware systems. Or what we're looking at today is a modern day sort of digital buffet subscription service. The, The problem for Luna and Stadium and anyone else who may step up in the future, if they haven't even understood the most important lesson from the Sony playbook in order to create a foundation for a, for a successful foray, foray into this business, it's, it's showcasing and uh, presenting and selling uh, of future promise. And I just don't see that from uh, Google or, or Stadia as of, as of this moment in time. Even Facebook went out and bought you know, ready at dawn, whatever they're doing with them, which which shows some instinct, you know, for the battle or campaign that lies ahead. And and I would sort of humbly suggest to to Amazon and Google execs, uh, they should go watch, you know, the indie mo- indie game. I think it's the indie game movie on Amazon, or the Raising Kratos documentary, which you know, watch it more than once, and they may learn, you know, they may teach them a thing or two. But to answer your question, uh, with the evidence on hand for now, yes, I think Xbox is winning the winning the winning the race or the arms race, if you want to put it like that. They don't have much, if anything, to worry about. However, I see Warner Brothers Interactive possibly becoming available again, as I have very little commercial faith in a couple of their upcoming major uh, titles. And and looking at AT and T's management again. They are not gaming people, and they're taking a huge risk. They have massive capitalized dev costs 
on the gaming division balance sheet, for me at least, and the reason why I'm sort of highlighting Warner Brothers as an example, Xbox must go from strength to strength, to, to Mav's point, especially when an opportunity of severe magnitude, majesty, and opulence arises, especially from from a, from a growth perspective and a, and a market dominance perspective. For me, um, that can either cement Xbox's position or alternatively, it can, it can bring another competitor or one of these other competitors front and center. What I'm echoing is something that um, Neomental sort of mentioned already, missteps. And uh, there is absolutely certainly no room for, no room for complacency. And, and I concur with, with Mab that Xbox can be their own worst enemies, depending on who's you know, navigating the ship at any, or, the, or the oil tanker at any, any specific point in time. And um, the competitive and strategic landscape can change if you take your eye off the ball, so to speak. And, and we've seen it happen time and time again. Technology in terms of the servers and so on and so forth, as far as it goes, let's be realistic, it's much of a muchness. It's all about artistry and how something specific or, or magical can engage, you know, uh, someone's imagination or, or, or a whole audience or, or, you know, or a whole gaming community's imagination. And for me, the big three, Nintendo, Sony and Xbox, have that in abundance. But then again, the next big game-changing IP can come from anywhere. And that, you know, as, micro, as Minecraft, uh, for me, has done that for Microsoft, you know. And, and that, you know, we say, you know, is it really going to be one IP? Well, I think even something small or, uh, can become very big and cause, you know, a fundamental paradigm shift in the future. So, so yeah, I think that there's no taking um, your sort of um, foot off the gas pedal, so to speak. Yeah, you know, and I and I think you're right. I, I think obviously we have seen Microsoft kind of step in it a couple of times. Uh, they are, can be their own worst nightmare, uh, and hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't think it will. I think they've learned learned from mistakes. But listen, folks, this has been a this has been a great show. Again, uh, a smaller topic. Maybe wouldn't it wouldn't have hit on a regular uh, one of the shows, but because I had some spare time because Mrs. Boomstick is uh, volunteering today uh, at her center to make sure that uh, the, the senior community that she serves gets their COVID-19 shots. Um, I had a little extra time, so I figured, you know what, why the heck not? Uh, Dan, the man, Cunningham, good and generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding fight. I also chat and says, thanks for the extra show, Boom. Now stop driving the Mrs. Nuts and out of the house. Nah. <laughs> no, listen, I, Mrs. Boomstick is the, is the biggest supporter for this this uh, venture of mine. And uh, real quick, a big thanks to Neo Mental, who he is here. Uh, I am not running the uh, video off of the browser anymore, which is what I was doing, which is what StreamYards allows you to do. I'm actually running it off of the computer, and there was no slowdown today, which is where the problem was. Chrome is great, but sometimes they throttle uh the the signal and that's what was happening sometimes you'd see some of the uh footage look great and other times it would run like it was running at two frames per second so that's been fixed and uh that's thanks to his knowledge but let's get to the outros and get everyone out of here so you can enjoy the saturday with your friends and family we're going to start with cmbr ray thanks so much for being here brother why don't you tell everyone about what you got going on and where could people reach out and strike up a conversation <coughs> on social media yeah, thanks, Boom. Um, and thanks to the chat for hanging out with us on a Saturday. Thank you, uh, Neomental, Mav, and BJ. It was great um, getting to chat with you guys and hear your perspectives. So um, another big thank you to Boom for hosting the shows and putting all the work into um, getting these produced for us. Um, 
just really appreciate it. I uh, am now a contributor at theconstantgamer.com. Um, Google that. And we are building a group of people who are just sort of writing about the news from an objective perspective and separating opinion from fact. Um, Zemi Games is sort of the editor-in-chief over at the site. And um, that's a big importance to him is trying to sort of keep that objective journalism um, alive uh, in the video gaming uh, space. So you can check that out. If you want to write for a video game site, um, you can hit the contact us button and uh, the join the team button. And you have to send in a little writing sample. And then Zemi will reach out to you, uh, maybe with the next steps. Um, so we're just really trying to build a, a critical mass and, and be able to have enough uh, contributors to the site so that we're uh, constantly producing some some solid content. Um, Zemi just put out a, a great article about how to play games on a budget. So um, great uh, money-saving tips out there for that. And then another one of our contributors, Joe Repco, did a, a quick uh, write-up on the recent PlayStation State of Play. So go ahead and check that out. Um, and then I'm at Twitter at CNBR underscore Ray. So thank you again, everybody. Appreciate Thanks it. for being here, Ray. Definitely appreciate it. We're going to get you back on in the future for sure. Neo Mental, why don't you tell everyone about what you got going on and where could people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Well, I've got absolutely nothing going on. I'm your favorite <laughs> non-podcasting podcaster. Um, you know, you can find me on Twitter, Neo Mental um, Gaming. Try to play Outrider, uh, the Outriders demo today because work's been crazy. And uh, probably get back into the vision again. So hopefully uh, the weather stays the way it is and it's just a game playing weekend. Yeah, actually, the the demo for the Outriders. Uh, we didn't even, we didn't touch on it, or we touched it a little bit. Touched on it a little bit yesterday. Uh, I'll say uh, there's a lot to like about it. Uh, if you're interested, give it a shot. It definitely gives me the uh, Gears of War meets uh, Mass Effect kind of feeling. Um, I do like that it's going to you know that each character is going to have their own power sets. Um, I do like the uh, RPG element. I do like the uh, the weapon system. It seems uh, functional, not, not overcomplicated. Uh, the, the only thing I will say, and again, this is the demo, folks, uh, is some of the facial animations aren't the greatest. Uh, it's certainly not the greatest looking game for sure. Um, but I will say that you should definitely try it. Uh, oh, hey, listen, uh, Z Black Rider, good friend of the show, he's here, and he drops an outstanding $5 of John says, happy Saturday, gamers. Well, happy Saturday to you, brother, and thanks for the generosity. Um, but, uh, yeah, give give that uh, a shot. Uh, for me, I'm buying a day one. Uh, it does it does hit a lot of the check marks for me as a gamer that I want. And it's a new IP, and I do like People Can Fly. I think that they, uh, they're they a great team. I'd love to see them join XGS, uh, but that is for another conversation for sure. Uh, but, Mav. Listen, brother, uh, thanks so much for being here. Obviously, in the future, we definitely got to get you and Caitlin on one of the shows together. But I'd like you to tell people about the Xbox Ultimate Podcast. I think you need – I'd love to see you you guys over there hit 1,000 subscribers in 2021. I think you deserve it. I think you are definitely uh, uh, someone to watch, uh, one of the upcoming and – uh, important content creators, especially because you cover Xbox and, and because you have an outstanding panel. Tell everyone about that and where could people reach out and strike well, thanks, up a conversation? Yeah, thanks for the kind words, uh, Boom. It means a lot because I look up to everything you do on this channel. It's uh, actually learned a lot from you in the background just, just watching. Oh, thanks, dude. That's and awesome. Er early on when I had a couple questions, you were happy enough to 
uh, DM me back if I had a question about something. So I uh, appreciate that as well, man. Uh, so yeah, guys, you can check us out on uh, the YouTube channel. It's called Fun Speculation, where we talk about uh, Xbox with the Xbox Ultimate Podcast. Uh, I stream games a lot as well, almost every day. Um, you can come and check that out, hang out. I like to interact with the chat. Uh, I do it actually selfishly because I just like to talk to people while I play games. So if you want to come and say what's up, I love that. Um, and also, uh, tomorrow... Uh, we have the new podcast that we started last week that had premiered, and that's called Fun Pop. Uh, that is a pop culture, uh, movie, TV shows, games, and more podcast. And I do that one as well with 3Bit. I don't know if he's going to be there tomorrow or not because he's, he's feeling a little under the weather uh, today. So uh, it, shout out to 3Bit out there. Uh, get better, dude. I hope you're feeling okay. Um, but yeah, we have, we have a great time um, on, on the channel. I hope... All of you guys like what you see. Just take the time to come by and check it out. Uh, we have we have a lot of fun um, over there. So, um, and that, dude, again, I, I got to tell you, I love that idea. Uh, you know, again, right now, uh, you know, selfishly because I'm such a huge MCU fan. My God, did anyone watch WandaVision? Because oh, dude. <laughs> holy. Holy H. Yeah. I mean, right now, if you are a nerd, and I, you know, listen, I don't know how many people on this panel or 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 in the chat are sweaties. And if you know what that is, then, then you are a nerd for sure. But man, what a great time to be a, a fan of just pop culture, especially if you're a fan of the MCU. They have, I mean, listen, our Lord and Savior, Kevin Feige, is just doing it right, right? I mean, he is really the guy that has yeah. brought it all together. And and, and thanks to Marvel, uh, and, and not so much Marvel, Disney, giving him full control. If you didn't know, full, he, he, he is, he, he, nothing goes past without his say-so, meaning toys, meaning TV, meaning movies. Anything has to cross the Kevin Feige desk, and that's why we're getting such great things. But if you have – again, if like like Neil Mental, even my wife was like the first couple episodes of WandaVision were like nails on a chalkboard for her. And she's a big MCU fan, but uh, the, now it's, it's really like, wow. And we got to see Monica get her powers, Monica Rambeau. Um, photon for everyone there, buddy. Listen, hey, hey, boom, yes, sir. The the guts it takes for them to have such huge implications for the entire MCU in a show, yeah, it's it's crazy, it's awesome, it's freaking awesome. We usually don't get this, it's always something separated experience and it doesn't ever live up, but the production value and. I mean, if you if you go into the movies after this without seeing the show, you're going to miss some key plot points. Yeah, like, it's yeah, a must definitely. watch. Guys. Well, listen, I yeah, think they just crossed like 100 million subscribers for Disney Plus. Yeah. There's a reason, right? Yeah. There's a reason. But listen, anyway, I was I, I, I'm sometimes long winded. My wife says that all the time. And so will my brother. Yeah, you are. Uh, thank you. See, he said it. I knew he was going to say it. But listen, Mav, I, I hope that you guys have success with that because uh, a pop culture show is fantastic. Uh, you have a gaming show, which is great, but being able to talk about the MCU, Star Wars, DC, obviously this month, uh, you know, next month we got we got uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I, oh, yeah. I, I cannot yeah. wait to see what they do with that. But, uh, yeah, I hope you have great success with that, and I think that's going to be a big deal. So thanks for being here. And last, and in no way least, the ever-present 
VJ. Thanks so much for being here, brother. Thank you for always delivering on the uh, – I, I, I hype you up. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely your hype man because I love the, the energy and the information that you bring. Tell everyone about what other shows you're on, what you got going on, and where could people reach out to you and strike up a conversation. Um, I just wanted to say um, it was very nice to meet you, Neo. Uh, lovely to meet you, Ray. And it's always good to um, uh, be with you on a show, Mav. Um, and I wanted to say what a fantastic turnout uh, from the community in the chat boom, up to 150 people. And I uh, really appreciate the time, especially on a weekend. And um, boom, um, my voice was a bit funny today, so it's uh, stopped the flow of my brain working properly. So <laughs> uh, and I know you don't like that, but uh, again, um, I really appreciate you DMing me and saying, would I like to be a part of the show? It's, it's, it's always fantastic, especially at these times when we're all locked in to sort of just be acknowledged and uh, invited and um, whether it's a yes or no is irrelevant. But I think that for me is uh, incredibly heartwarming and the most important thing. And uh, and if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Viewpoint Gaming and uh, hopefully I'll be back here next week on oh, next Thursday, hopefully on yeah. uh, the Boom and the rest of the gang. Thank yeah, you. I'm already working on uh, on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays show. If you could believe it, uh, mm-hmm. but thanks for being here, brother. Look to get look looking forward to get you back on the Xbox Factor podcast. And before I give my saying that I show close out with each show, uh, Nightwolf thirty one eighty six, a generous friend of the show, he drops the last super chat of the day for five dollars. He says, "Great show, guys." Well, thanks for being here, Nightwolf, and thank you for the generosity. And of course. Like I just said, I'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day it'll be important to you, and that's something that my dear old dad taught me, and I think now, more than ever, the world needs it. Treat others how you want to be treated, and also it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. Enjoy your Saturday, and we'll see you next week on all four of the live shows being brought to you by Double Barrel Gaming.